0: The Permission to Succeed podcast is brought to you by Thomson IM Funds, Inc. For more information about Thomson IM Funds, please visit ThomsonIM.com. Thomson IM Funds, smart investing starts here.
1: Hello, welcome to the Permission to Succeed podcast. We're live at the Schwab Impact Conference, and we apologize for any background noise you may hear, but we are smack dab in the middle of the exhibit hall at the Discovery Data Booth. This is your host, Doug Heikinen. The Permission to Succeed podcast is about learning from and being inspired by people who have been successful because at some point in their lives, they threw all caution aside and just went for it. The genesis of this podcast is based on the great appreciation for the lives of Muhammad Ali and Dr. Martin Luther King and their world-changing impact, entrepreneurs themselves. The Permission to Succeed podcast is brought to you by irish.xyz, the most helpful place advisors can come to to grow their minds and businesses. Power Your Advice at iris.xyz. And our guest this afternoon is Larry Shumbris, who's the CEO of Totem Risk. Hi, Larry. Hi. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So you're a technologist, been in the financial services industry for quite a while, Mm -hmm. and you've built your own company now.
0: Yes, I have. A lot of work.
1: (laughs) Sleepless nights.
0: Yes, but it's fun. If it's fun, then it's worth it.
1: So, being in the fintech world for a long time let's let's spend some time on what's going on in the fintech world. What are the big things you're seeing there? We've got some some small companies. we got some big companies, and what's going on with all that movement
0: yeah for the, for the first time in a while, we're seeing some c- consolidation in the market. You see a lot of acquisitions happening, a lot of mergers, even the a large some of the large asset managers are starting to get into the fintech space A few years ago, you had Larry Fink come out on CNBC and said, we're no longer an investment firm, we're, we're a technology firm where we're hiring more engineers than we're hiring analysts. So you're, you're, that trend has, has continued to, to move across the FinTech space. You're seeing Orion, a large firm, acquire Advisor. You're seeing Portfolio Center was acquired by InvestNet and, and MoneyGuide Pro, they acquired them as well. So you're starting to see some consolidation to make the, the workflow and the efficiency and the process easier and better for the financial advisor to be able to go to one platform and see everything in one place. But at the same time, as a startup or, or any company, fintech company in the space, an open and rest API, which means it gives the, the, the product the ability to integrate multiple ways across different platforms and different products and being able to push and pull data. If you have those APIs available. It makes it a lot easier, uh, or what we're we're also terming as open architecture, right? So that's where I see the the space going, but also the consolidation is, is happening. We've seen this happen uh, before, but I think it's a little different this time.
1: It, where it, it seems like a bunch of countries and armed forces making moves, making chess moves to become bigger. And mm-hmm. is that is that a good thing? I believe it is. There's a speed
0: to market right now in the fintech space. Um, and I don't think that they're concerned so much about the Amazons or the Googles or the Microsofts of the world. But I think the concern is not the concern, but how do we solve for the need for the advisor and not just for the financial advisor, but a large RAA, whether they're clearing through Schwab or, or other custodians and then larger firms. You're also seeing we're seeing that. Uh, Even at at, at the conference this week at Schwab Impact, a few large RAs have come up and said, we have our own APIs, could you integrate with our APIs? So you're seeing across the board, technology is really being brought in-house as well and and customized for the needs of that firm. And they're also looking for those tools to to integrate and and make sure that it
1: works the way they want it to work for their firm. So talking more about APIs and you're talking about data mining, machine learning, and bringing that technology to the financial services?
0: Yeah, the the APIs, the open integration uh, is is step one. Uh, You're starting to see more and more firms uh, trust each other in in push and pull data. The security is getting a lot better, cybersecurity products are are in place, and it's allowing the the flow of data to be uh, transferable and and easier. But you're also seeing that because of all this data is flowing through, whether it's CRM, financial planning, or a risk tool, they have we have all this data on on a client, right? So, the, it's really data mining, taking that data and doing something with it, and it, that that creates machine learning, right? So the data is flowing through. That's the machine learning. As you 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 grab that data, then what do you do with it next? And I think that's very valuable to a lot of institutions, financial institutions, and also back to the advisor if they're doing some target marketing, or just trying to find out who, who their niche uh,
1: market is that, that they want us to, uh, to attract. So you mentioned a firm that now calls itself a technology firm. And I'm bringing that back up because Schwab just launched Fractional Shares and it seems like FinTech is now responding to that. Yes, uh, What's going on there?
0: No, I <laughs> love the idea of Fractional Shares. You saw there was, a, there was an app that I, I've I played around with for a few years called Stash and they had Fractional Shares and there was a few others out there. And when Schwab launched this, there's a quick buzz across the market with a lot of the the trading platforms of, hey, this is a great space for us to now offer fractional shares. Yes, it might look a little crazy on a a statement, right? But it it attracts a different clientele. And it also opens up the, the market for, you know, you hear ESG being a big buzzword. We heard that as a buzzword before. It's almost like consolidation, right? But if you're a client and you want to you know, invest in a uh, specific sector or you believe in something and there's you know, something there that, that you could invest in fractionally in multiple companies, I think it's a, great idea. it's a great idea.
1: One of the big things that I'm hearing being here from many, many people is the value advisors can bring to their clients through their experience and now fintech's playing a big part in that experience for advisors. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that.
0: Sure, client experience uh, has been one of those top three categories that we've been focused on and across the industry everyone's been focused on for multiple reasons, right? You you do see some products out there and some that have been acquired recently where United Capital had FinLife and Goldman Sachs acquired them to enhance their, their financial wellness and that client experience and even advisor had some type of financial wellness built into that platform that orion acquired and that's something that we do as well we we feel that that client experience has to be there otherwise you're going to lose things are happening so fast and everybody has their phone and the the technology that that's there has to grab or grasp the, the attention of that investor or that client and the client experience has to be willing to, to stay on it, right? Stay on the technology. Otherwise they're going to leave, they're not going to stick with an advisor. They may switch over to something that has a little bit more uh, better technology, uh, more transparency, things like that with cl- client portals. But it, when you talk about financial wellness, you're really, you're really getting into the life events, the, 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 adding the value or, or bringing the value to the advisor and to the client to know more about their life, right? More, uh, get a little bit more personal with them, build that relationship deeper, deeper credibility uh, with, the, with the advisor. And that's what we're doing at, at, at Totem Risk, right? We're, we're focused more on the, the life events. What's, what's happening in your life? What's your life situation? And uh, putting a score to that. So earlier this morning, Amy Webb was one of the keynote speakers and she was talking about behavioral metrics and how everyone has a score. Over in, she mentioned over in China, you have to have some type of facial recognition in order to even use the internet after December 1st. Little, little uh, ahead of our time and in, in more of a communist country. But she was talking how everybody has a score there, and you, you, you see some people sit back and go, oh, I, don't, I don't like that. Or you know, GDPR might might take over. You saw what, what things that happen with Facebook, but everybody does have a score. If you get in a, if you've taken an Uber, you have an Uber score, right? They're scoring you, right? If you go on Yelp, every hotel is being scored, right? It's only a matter of time until the hotel starts scoring their guests, right, that, that come in. And we don't want to go that far, but what we're looking at is how do we look at your life situation and, and score it based on factors like where you work, right, what sectors you work in, what zip code are you, where do you live with your zip code, and looking at data such as cost of living, real estate prices, rental prices, being household income, and then tying that back to your net worth, number of people in the household, dependents, uh, your health. And your health is a big factor that a lot of people aren't really looking at in the financial space. And 80% of the wealth in the U.S. is owned by the age group that's 55 and older. And unfortunately, that's when we start to have health issues. So if you want to align financial wellness and risk, investment risk. You need to take in those factors to really really get to the the, the root cause and be able to uh, assess the risk overall. So
1: this was the genesis for creating the company that you created. So give us a little bit of overview on Totem Risk.
0: Yeah, so before I jumped into Totem Risk, I've been in the FinTech and investment space for a while, and I was actually consulting with a, a few other risk tolerance tools in the marketplace. And I was really looking for something that resonated with my personal situation as well as what I would think a client would want to use or, or assess, uh, something to assess the risk. And when I, when I found Totem, uh, they were a small boutique startup, and the one question they did ask was around health, and that resonated with me instantly because my, my son was born with uh, internal medical needs. And we went through that process where my wife and I were both corporate you know, executives doing well had a daughter, and then three weeks before my son was born, we found out that he had esophageal atresia. So you could imagine the impact that you, as family, you sit back and go, your focus is all on the family. As First kid, of all, right? what is this? <laughs> right, right, what is this? But you're going to Google, you're, you're asking doctors, you're, right. you're doing all the research you possibly can. The last thing you're thinking about is your investments. But then you sit back and, and once you, you, you gather all the information on what is this that, that we, we're, we're dealing with, right? And talking to the right doctors and trying, trying to put a plan in place. Then you sit back and go, okay, well, you know, is somebody going to have to stay home? Um, are we going to lose an income? Do we stay in this house, right? What, what's, can we afford this? And those are the type of life events that uh, when I found Totem, I'm like, this product gets it. Let's, I, I want it in and I wanted to build it bigger and better and be able to pull in as much information that's reasonable to actively or, or accurately assess a person's life
1: risk. Life because of, uh, these things happen every day to everybody.
0: They do. Everybody plans for the positive things, getting married, buying a house, right, getting a new job, but nobody ever plans for losing a job, getting downsized, having a, a child with special needs, uh, a health issue, you, you get cancer. You, you never know, right? Hopefully... in a few years, predictive analytics might help a little bit more with that. But at at the present time, how do you take that into consideration when you're assessing your overall investment risk? So how does it work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we keep it simple on the front end. The client experiences, we we try to make it simple. But on the back end, we're pulling in data from a a number of reputable resources from the IRS, the U.S. Census Bureau, the, the Coley Index, which is the cost of living index, and a few other resources. And we're taking that data and matching it to the data points within the questionnaire, such as your annual expenses, your net worth, your income, your age, number of dependents in the household. You know, and there's always new rules and regulations coming out that we're, we're updating the models. It's not a static process, right? We're always saying, how do we make this better? Is there another, is there other data out there that will change the way that that this score would, would, would come out? And one, one example is we ask how many people are in a household and how many kids do you have under the age of 18? Well, earlier this year, the IRS came out with a new rule that said anyone that's living with you full time, other than the two heads of the household are considered a dependent, and there's tax breaks for that. So we went back, we updated the models in the back end, we changed it to kids under 18 to dependents. So little things like that.
1: Kids under 18 are the millennial rule.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's things like that that we're always looking at to, to try to uh, enhance our, our uh, life, I call it our life, our life
1: score. And how are things going? Is it growing the way you want it to grow?
0: It is. It, it is a lot of work. It's really trying to break into an industry where you had one or two key players, products out there that have a good brand, good reputation, and to try to explain how you're different and how your methodologies are are better and the work that we're putting into it to, to uh, not only enhance how the... The advisor works with the client, but then a, a better outcome for the client it, it, asses, assessing their portfolio to their risk but it's it, it's just it's really knowing the target market and and putting that all together. leaving the comfort of the corporate world, starting your own business crazy? Not when you jump into it, you don't think it's crazy until you get in
1: <laughs> and then you're in, and then you're wondering what did I do? Were there times when you kind of like looked yourself in the mirror and said, what the heck did I do? And all right, now it's up to me.
0: Yes. Yes. And and the great thing is there's a lot of entrepreneurs in this industry, especially in the fintech space. And it's it's, uh, comforting to have conversations with them, whether you're talking about building your business or integrating or working on a a large uh, deal together use case. Uh, you you feel that comfort because it, it is, it's a daily grind. You have the passion and motivation behind it. You believe in your product. You're trying to get feedback wherever you can to enhance the product in some days every every day is like a roller coaster. Every book that you read, or anytime you hear an entrepreneur talk about the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and the time that they spend uh, to, to to get something up and running, it's true. It, it is a roller coaster. Even yesterday, I had an amazing day here at Schwab Impact. I got back, where there's a few events afterwards that were were great networking events, and then I got back to my room. I was checking emails, and there was something that was just like. Went right down. I was like,
1: oh,
0: <laughs> why is yeah? You know, what do we have? Why isn't this integration working yet, right? We've been working on it for a while. So it's always would you, something. Would
1: you change it? Would you go back to the corporate world?
0: Oh, that's a hard question. Right now, no. No, I just, I love what I'm doing. I, I really believe in our product. I, I, we want to make an impact. I, I, I got into this because again, it was a personal thing, number one. But number two, I, I really feel that, I worked for Charles Schwab before, and At the time, one of our slogans uh, or quotes were to help uh, investors be more financially fit. And that's always stuck with me. Ever since I've been in this industry, I feel that there's a big disconnect between just the the typical investor out there, the everyday person, and the financial world. If you look at the the rankings of the most respected industries and the least respected industries, we're the least. We're we're in the bottom, right? There's a problem, right? We, We need to be able to provide better tools and communicate better, uh, be more transparent. Uh, But again, really getting back to the the technology and offering uh, better tools, and you're seeing that. You're seeing that with the fractional shares, with Schwab, you're seeing that with Totem Risk and the integrations that that we have with with Schwab and being able to present that to the advisors and the clients and making an easier, simple process that resonates with them, right? Because in the past, you had some products, especially in the risk space, and there's still some out there where even the old, uh, the old paper products where they would ask if the markets are, the markets are up today, are you going to buy more, sell less, you know, uh, stay the same, or jump off the cliff? And they keep asking the same questions over and over again. That's a really bad client experience. And if you don't know the investment space and you're dealing with a, a financial advisor, that first impression is really poor, number one. And number two, you're just thinking – this industry is this. It, I don't get it. Right, right. So, so I believe that the financial industry overall is taking that finance that client experience to the next level, and uh, we're trying to help that with totem
1: Risk. Any any advice you'd have for an aspiring entrepreneur that wants to jump in and do what you did?
0: Do your homework before you jump into anything. Whether you're going to take over uh, a small company as a startup or you're going to do the startup. Look at the target market, not just with other startups or other products in your space. Look at the different sectors across the, the, that market that you're getting into, that you want to offer your product to. Uh, test it, make sure that it's something that clients would want to use, that they need, really. If it's not a need, then it's a nice to have, they're not gonna use it, right? So there's there's a lot of things that I would recommend or advice I would get to, give to a, a, a new entrepreneur uh, trying to jump into this, this space or any space. It's really just know, know your market, know your market, know what goes into it, uh, know what the, the cost is to, to build something like this or any product. And then really, if you don't know the market you're in, it, I think it's, it's yeah, it'd be very difficult to, to make that transition because every different sector is different. I started off in
1: you
0: know, working for <laughs> IBM, selling software to communication telecom companies. And I just had a passion for finance. And when I made that change, and uh, I was a wholesaler at Beanstay Investments. Just the language was completely different. Uh, and I thought I knew, I knew this industry. I I know this. And just even going through the Series 7 and learning options and just the lingo and the acronyms. And it, it takes time. You can't just jump in. It, yes, you can get in and learn it. But to be an entrepreneur and jump right in, it's, it, that would be pretty risky. So I would say, get it, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, do it in a, a space that you know you have passion for, or, or it's a hobby, and it's something that you're going to you're going to go all in on, and and not back out.
1: Uh, the conference theme, all in.
0: All in. That's right. That's
1: right. How are things with the family?
0: doing well doing well uh son's doing well daughter the whole family and my wife you know unfortunately she gave up the corporate job but she's uh she's amazing great great <laughs>
1: that's all right
0: i feel like i'm on that old espn show where they always made the 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 uh, athletes uh, get choked up so yeah they're doing well thank you
1: great how do people find totem risk
0: yeah, our, our website, totemrisk.com, uh, advisors are talking about it. We're also integrated with, with Schwab, and we're on their, their platform and a, a n- number of other platforms out there. So totemrisk.com, and we have videos, more information there about our company, how, we're, uh, how our methodologies are built around the in the FAQ section, and also you could trial it. You could trial the product for seven days to make sure it's the right fit for your firm.
1: That's great. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you very much. Good luck with the product. Thank you. We'd like to thank the folks at Discovery Data for hosting us, the people at Schwab Impact, for everyone at IRIS MediaWorks, and the Permission to Succeed production team. This is Doug Hyken, and thanks for joining us.
0: The Permission to Succeed podcast is brought to you by Thomson IM Funds, Inc. For more information about Thomson IM Funds, please visit ThompsonIM.com. Thomson IM Funds. Smart investing starts here.